This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, programming beats, or building tracks, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They post 10 new multi-track drum loops on their website every Monday at noon. Each loop is available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And the best part is, every loop is only a dollar. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an additional 10% off of your first purchase when you use the code MUSICSTUFFSHOW at checkout. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, for 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we take an honest look at touring and where it fits into your career in the music business. We discuss some of the calculated risks worth taking, how to plan for your shows and routing, and some strong financial guidelines for hitting the road. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, Should You Be Touring. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and Vance is here too. What's good, man? Salutations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he mixes it up on me. Listen, you threw a curveball last time, so I had to be ready. Stay woke. Completely woke. The boy never sleeps. That's not true. I used to live that life. Maybe that should be an episode at some point. Yeah. You shouldn't sleep when you're dead. You should sleep. It's important. It is. It's good for your health. You should work hard when you're awake. (laughs) But it's okay to sleep too. Work hard to go to sleep on time. Hmm. Are you ready for this week's fun fact? I am. Hit me with it. If you recall last week, we talked about toilets. And the fact that yes, it, yes, we did. If I remember correctly, they flush in E, e flat. Yep. Uh, this week's fact is also about toilets. Oh, good. Did you know? Approximately forty thousand Americans are injured by toilets each year. I did not know that. That's incredible. That's an incredibly high number for to get hurt by an object that literally doesn't move. Yeah, and I'm so curious. So many questions, and probably my favorite part of me not researching these things is that I just get to wonder and speculate for myself, because yeah. I never actually go back and dig deep into these facts <laughs> that I find. Working under the assumption that the number 40,000 is accurate, I have to assume that at least 20,000 of those people are inebriated. Surely. Yeah. But I'm at also, least. is it hyper-specific to the fact that they were injured by a toilet? Or you got injured on a toilet, and if you were injured on a toilet, then I have more questions. Well, like, so if you fall off a toilet and get hurt, you didn't really get injured by the toilet. And I guess, how severe does something have to be to be classified as an injury? Uh, like, that, did you just uh, bump your knee walking in the dark? Did you get an owie? Yeah, that's a boo-boo. Yeah, you might have gotten a boo-boo. Maybe you fell into the toilet, seat was up. That's an emotional boo-boo. Hmm. Did it like, <laughs> did the seat fall down on you? Man, that sounds terrible. Yeah, and just so many questions. You guys can do the research. Tweet at me and let yeah. me know what you find. Yeah, let us know <laughs> if that's actually accurate yeah. or if that number's inflated. Anywho. So, anywho. On to things that matter. Moving right along on the Music Stuff show. Uh, this week we're going to talk about touring. 
So you got yourself a band. You got yourself a band. And your band got yourself a song or four or 12, depending on what kind of folks you are and what stage of the game you've decided <laughs> to release at. Obviously, the next choice is to tour, right? Just hop in a van and go I mean, where the obviously. wind... We wrote six songs. It's time to go out for 50 days and not come home until we're done. Because those 123 plays surely state that you are going to sell out at least the theater level. At least. Yeah, at least. So (laughs) to, uh, to get on the more serious side of it, there are, I mean, there are advantages to touring. Certainly, uh, when you're trying to build a brand. But there are advantages too to to waiting to cross that bridge until uh, until a little bit later than maybe you think that you should. Yeah. Well, starting off, let let's hit a couple things first. Number one, touring specifically is something that in the future we are going to break down to a very very specific level. Uh, especially if you think you're at the level that you should be touring and ways to do that well and to survive that. And hopefully that be a fruitful thing and not just tear your soul apart. Right. But, uh, I think probably the first thing you should ever ask yourself is, are you playing a show or touring for vanity or are you playing shows and touring because people want to see you? Right. And that probably should always be the launching point. And then there can be a bunch of questions under that. But step one in assessing whether or not you should actually be hitting the road and why, why not just hit the road? Because isn't that how you gain fans in 1976? That's how you gain fans. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And, uh, touring is expensive. Like the, above all the other things we could talk about, Touring is difficult to break even, much less make a profit on if you are just starting out in the game. Mm-hmm. Or you, even if you're like just lower level, if you've been doing it for a while, but you're not, you're not really killing it yet. Absolutely. Yeah. It's still a money pit. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of factors that people either forget to consider or they want to bulldoze through and just say, oh, it doesn't matter. We can get past that. Mm-hmm. And that's a detriment in and of itself and eventually will break you down and is not realistic for surviving on the road. And so many people think like, oh, I don't have to make a lot of money. Well, if you want to survive and not go bankrupt, it's not just playing a show. Even if you're not touring very far, you could go a couple hours from your home. Number one, you got to have a vehicle that will transport you, your three or four homies, all of your gear, and the gas that that costs. Let's yep. not forget the gas. Yeah. After the important part. So after you get there, you got to eat while you're gone. <laughs> and contrary to popular belief, eating Taco Bell is not the move. <laughs> it's not the move. Sorry, TB. And again, we're trying to hit the high level and I'm not trying to spend super long times on all these different things, but there is a huge, huge, huge factor in people are like, oh, I can let my health slide. But if you're actually touring and traveling a bunch and, you know, 
touring for any length of time, it destroys your body and then you don't perform well. And if you don't perform well, then you're not really engaging people. And if you're not engaging people, then you're not making money and selling merchandise at the booth. And then if you're not doing that and you're not making money and you're not putting on a great performance, why are you on the road in the first yeah, place? Yeah, what's the point at that point? You know, a lot of people are all about that sleeping in the van life. And as I get it, I'm not saying I haven't done it, but I definitely, as someone who has been on both sides of that coin, it is hard to survive and not want to stab every person that you yeah. share a van with if you don't have a place to sleep and shower. I would much rather have the uh, continental breakfast in a hotel bed than, you know, $6 for Taco Bell and McDonald's throughout the day and sleep on a van bench any day for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Now, having said that, perhaps the argument could be made that I I wouldn't uh, have appreciated my hotel experiences if I hadn't had the van experiences to begin with. I think that's a fair assessment, probably. Um, Man, maybe. But I also think that if you play music long enough or (laughs) play shows for any length of time, you're going to experience enough just weird freaking stuff (laughs) discomfort general discomfort even in environments that should be good yeah that i i think i don't know stay humble (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i i think you can appreciate that because also there's a difference between you know a tour that you start on that you maybe spend 50 bucks on and four people are sharing two you know queen size beds that they got on Priceline. Mm mm-hmm that is still not glamorous, but is at least livable yeah. enough for you to get sleep and not let your body deteriorate right. and be able to get a hot shower, you know, even yeah. if you are not staying at the Ritz. And then you can still escalate and, yep. you know, move to bigger, better places and be like, man, I didn't even realize how bad that was. <laughs> but, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that, I think that touring is a, is a great thing. I think it's a necessity uh, to a certain extent, uh, a necessary extension of being a musician, uh, being an artist, being a band, uh, being a player. Uh, you, you've got to be prepared to tour for, for some length of time at some point, or you at least have to be open to the idea because there is simply nothing that can replace the human to human interaction. Nothing, nothing, Nothing can replace that. Not social media, you can engage, you can impact, you can talk, but getting to like stand by the merch table and take a picture with somebody or shake their hand and have them say, thank you for coming to town or I love your record or whatever and get to talk to you person to person, face to face, like nothing replaces that. There is no replacement. And it's important that you get in front of your fans when you have fans and 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 engage with them. I think it's a very important part of creating the product, creating the experience, and growing your business. Having said that, I think it is short-sighted to think that you have to immediately get out on the road. Because if you don't have a proven market to buy your tickets, to buy your merchandise, to help you make it to the next stop, Man, you are just, you might as well take hundred hundred spots and flush them down the toilet. Mm-hmm. You're just throwing money away. It's not worth it. You need to, let's say, let's say you you get offered a tour with a buy-on and you got a buy-on for $200 a night uh, 
and then you've got an additional $200 in daily expenses. Let's just say that. And you don't, you make a hundred dollars a night at the merge table. So you, you're paying $300 a day to be out there. You would be much better suited to spend that $300 a day on actual social media engagement and promotional things that can reach a broader audience and, and using free services like YouTube or Facebook or Instagram live to put on concerts. Like you could take, all right. So take a week's worth of touring, uh, seven days and take all that money and put it into some lights and a camera or just a mount for your iPhone and set up in your basement or your practice room, make it vibey, make it look like a staging cool and put on a live concert every Friday night at 9 PM from 9 PM to 10 PM every Friday for your fans on Facebook live, YouTube live, Instagram live, whatever, do it every Friday, invest in the gear and do that. It will, it will return dividends so far beyond what you would get out of paying $300 a day to be out on the road for that one week worth of money. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how the world works now. That's that's where the game is. Well, and plus too, you're not only just failing yourself. Let's say that you've come to terms with the fact that you're like, no, I want to hit the road, and I just want to bleed money, and I don't care because, you know, somebody's funneling it, and it is what it is. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent that the kind of relationships you build around your music, nothing compares to the live show. Mm-hmm. It. The experience that comes with that, the way that a fan can buy in, uh, experiencing your music in a live format, nothing touches that. But let's say that you're just hitting the road, whether you bought on, whether you're trying to do your own tour, even if you're playing club shows, if 10 or 15 people come out, not only are you losing money, that venue is losing money. Mm-hmm. Every single night, their bartenders aren't making any money. So, and they're not they, going to be amped to see your name on the bill next time you come through town either because you lost, you made them lose their ass last time you were there. And <laughs> honestly, nobody's that good. Yeah. Like, as much as they want to experience great music, and there are great venue owners and people that throughout the years that I've met and have been supportive, even in bands that weren't doing great and, that is awesome. And that's a, a gem when you find those people at the end of the day, they are also running a business. So yep. even if they like your music, most of the time that response is going to be like, man, we really like you guys hit us up when you can actually draw some people because their bartender mm-hmm. doesn't want to come to work if he can't make any money because no one's there and no one is drinking and tipping. And, you know, they still have to pay the house sound guy because if you're at that level, you're probably not touring with your own. So mm-hmm. they're losing a hundred bucks, 150 bucks to him. Yep. Everybody's in the hole and something can't sustain if you're not bringing people out. Yep. And if you lie to them and tell them <laughs> that you can bring out a hundred people yeah. and then 10 people show up, it doesn't matter how great you are. Because you're a liar. <laughs> right. And, and you're definitely not getting invited back then either. And it's too small of a community. Yeah. That nobody wins. Yeah. And we're in a day and age where I, I think timing is such a key factor, like Tom was talking about, where while it builds the best relationships, there's so many resources that can buy you the time to grow an audience mm-hmm. without ever stepping foot outside your door. 
I think you can be a part of your local town community. I think you can play home shows. Yeah. That, you know, and not every week because then you're going to burn out your friends and it doesn't matter yeah. how good you are because they're not going to keep coming out. Yep. But I think you 100%, whatever your hometown is, every three to four months you can play a show as long as you're yeah. constantly staying fresh. And when you can sell at your hometown, then you can start looking two hours outside of your hometown. Yep. And then pair that with online and the amount of metrics that you can get from everything, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a different factor. Like, let's say for whatever reason, you could be from Atlanta, Georgia, but, you know, you have 1,500 followers in Philadelphia that are constantly commenting on your stuff, saying, when are you coming to Philly? When are you going to come play here? Whatever, you know, then maybe you should be like, oh, maybe not a whole tour around the U.S. where we bleed out thousands of dollars, but like, we probably should go to that city because now we've had like a hundred people ask when we're coming to play this place and hit and hit some stops on the way there on and on the way back, not in the same markets to make it worth your while. hundred percent. Don't just drive to Philly from Atlanta and come back, waste all the gas, you know, put a weekend together. Um, if I kind of look at it this way, if your live show is, is your movie, your big budget summer blockbuster, your transformers, $200 million, you know, mm-hmm. um, you want to put out some trailers before you actually go see the film. Mm. <laughs> like you're not going to get anybody into the theater unless they've seen the trailer and it looks freaking cool. So put out some trailers. That's what, that's what your live videos are. That's what your Facebook and YouTube live are. That's what your, your behind the scenes content is. It's what all your, your social media engagement is. You're chatting, you're talking to fans. Like all of that is your movie trailers to get people to the show. But you've got to make sure that you've got enough people who are interested in going to see the movie. So don't make a movie and then go out to the theater and then nobody's there and you wonder why. Because you didn't tell them about it. So make sure you've got that viable audience to to guarantee you're not going to lose your shirt when you go out on the road. Um, I would even go a step further and say... Put a budget together. We'll we'll talk about that kind of thing uh, in some later episodes too. But put a budget together. Really, really do the math on how much it's going to cost for everything. And and that's not just everything on the road. You're you know you're talking about transportation and food and lodging and and um, maybe paying everybody in the band a little bit of money. But you also excuse me. Uh, you also got to think about um, what what it costs for everybody's rent while they're gone. What are their utilities going to cost? I mean, do you need to consolidate and everybody sleep on one person's couch? Whatever that looks like, you you have to take those things into account too. Um, make sure your bills are getting covered because the worst thing, I can tell you this from experience, the worst thing that can happen is, uh, or one of the worst feelings in the world, I can say there's always something worse that can happen. One of the worst feelings in the world is to come back from tour in the hole and then realize that you still have bills that are owed when you get home too. Mm. And then you think, wow, okay, nothing will make me quit music faster than this feeling here. No, It's helplessness. You feel like you're just throwing money down the hole because that's exactly what you're doing. So put your budget together, make sure it makes mathematical sense. And then when it does make mathematical sense, make sure it makes routing sense. I mean, mm. That's, I mean, that is a, mm. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation we can really get on is routing and how uh, ridiculous some of the routing can be for tours. But um, 
make sure if you're planning your tour, you're doing a DIY thing and uh, you're going out and you're playing some clubs and you're headlining and you're putting it together, make it make sense, man. Uh, don't, don't crisscross all over the place, go in a big old wide sweeping circle and come back home. Just do it the right way and, and put in the extra time up front, putting that budget together, planning out the routing in an intelligent way and making sure that you have built an audience to come to the shows and God, it will be such a better experience. You'll be so much happier. You really will. 1000%. Yeah. I was trying to think if there was any way that I could drive that point home further, (laughs) but it is crazy when you see some indie bands that are just like down to hit the road where even if you had four or five cities, let's say, you know, you are still a young in terms of your band's life span so far, but you're starting to do okay. You're doing well in your hometown and, you know, maybe five of their surrounding cities. And it's amazing. You'll see people that'll be like, Oh, my hometown is Nashville. And then I'm going to go play a show in Miami. And then I'm going to go play a show in Michigan. And then I'm going to come back down and play a show in Birmingham, (laughs) Alabama so that I can go play a show in Philadelphia. That routing is is making me angry. (laughs) (laughs) Also, not that there's never exceptions to this, you know, especially if it's a show that's worthwhile and is going to pay and have an audience and people are going to be there to experience what you're doing. But as a general rule, don't ever book shows that you have to drive more than six to eight hours at the max uh, before yeah. you have to play again. Yeah. You know, especially and, if you're driving, if if your band is driving. Yeah. Assuming that wear you down faster, assuming that you are at the level that you don't have a driver and a bus, you know, for the indie bands listening, if the only people driving are the people in the van playing in the band. Yeah. That if you do that every single night and try and burn out on these like 12 hour drives from city to city and just power through it, you can't survive long term and you can push through it for a while, but it's just going to beat your body up so hard. Yeah. And you're not going to play to the best of your ability. Singers sure are not going to sing to the best of their ability. Yeah. It's just going to break you down. And then you're not putting on this amazing show. And if you're not putting on an amazing show, then people aren't losing their minds and being like, I have to be a part of everything this band does. And look, I get it too. The whole idea of touring is so romantic. It's so attractive. It really is. Like when you think the rock star life, you think going on tour without a doubt, it's super cool. I I remember I'm like I remember how I used to feel getting so pumped about going on tour. Sorry, I'm laughing thinking about the reality of what touring is yeah. versus the perception of touring. I I remember thinking how romantic it sounded before I'd ever been on a tour. Oh my god, I just want to I just wanted to get in the van and go. That was it. I just wanted to get out there and go play. I didn't care if I made any money. I didn't care what the deal was. And and it was fine. I got away with it. And if if you've done it, then you have too. And if you haven't done it yet, it's, you know, high likelihood that you will too. But I can tell you from my own experience that I wish I had put myself in a position that my band had put ourselves in a position to maybe wait a little bit longer before we got on the road to make sure that it made a little bit more sense. Wait an extra six months to a year to make sure it makes more sense. Do a little bit more work on the front end. Um, 
it just, it would have made all the difference in the world because, you know, when you're 18, you think I could drive 10 hours straight by myself, (laughs) no doubt, and still be fine and wake up and feel like a hummingbird. And you know what? The truth is you probably could, but if you continue to do that for a 30 day run, odds are, even if you're 18 with all the energy in the world and you can eat McDonald's every day and not gain a pound, it will catch up with you. I promise you, even if you don't think it is, it's going to affect your attitude. It's going to affect your mood. And ultimately it's going to affect your performance and it's going to affect your time with your band. You're not going to have as much fun. And you stack, you stack on top of that, the fact that you're not making any money and it's doubly unfun. So what started out as this really romantic, cool, exciting thing becomes this labor, this chore that is, oh my God, this isn't at all what I thought it was going to be. When in reality, in many ways, it still could have been what you originally wanted it to be in so many ways if you had just been a little bit more patient and planned a little bit more up top. So you're sitting there and you're saying, Tom and Vance, we've been putting out music. We've been pounding content. We got people that are ready. They're ready to see this. The first thing I would say to you, if that's what you're telling us, however long you think it takes to plan a tour that will be a successful tour, you need to multiply that amount of time by two or three or four or six. Yeah. Because I I feel like a lot of uh, young artists, young bands don't give it enough time. Number one, any venue that are frequently having people in the building yeah. uh, at the smallest margin are booking out three months. And and that is honestly on a very, very slim side. Most people are booking six, eight months out, mm-hmm. uh, even on the club level. And not that they don't have exceptions for locals on different days of the week, but if you are going to new cities that it is not your town and they're not supporting you just because you're a local, you need to put in the time. Not only do you need to put in the time to even be able to book the venues uh, to effectively promote. because yeah, that's, that's the real ticket is you got to have time to promote the show. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I mean, <laughs> that that really is the the point behind that in the sense of, Whoever says they're, let's say you make a Facebook event uh, for a show in every city that you're going to play. However many people say they're coming, maybe 10% of the people that RSVP'd yes are going to come to that. Dude, that is a fact. (laughs) That is a fact. People have FOMO. People are constantly waiting to see what their friends are going to buy into at the last minute because they don't want to miss out on what the coolest thing is. So They're going to wait for the best option to come along day of. So the further out, and granted, there is a point that it's too far out, but giving people enough time to be like, oh, that's coming on this date, rally with their friends so that everybody's on board with the mission and, you know, buying tickets. Also, sidebar, now that I say that, the best way to make sure people actually come to a show is to pre-sell tickets. Yeah. Because if, if you let people wait to the door, even if you're playing smaller club shows that maybe they don't have a digital option for that, talk to the venue. Like you have Eventbrite, there's enough mm-hmm. services that, and especially if you're trying to get bodies in the door, like they're going to work with you yeah. as long as 
the people that have tickets, they're covered on their end for the venue. Like sell tickets ahead of time because somebody that's already spent, you know, 10, 15, 20, $25 is way harder for them to walk away and be like, ah, I'm gonna go do this other thing versus yeah. somebody that's like, Oh, we can get tickets at the door. Oh, well, 18 other things. And you know, yeah. Julie's throwing a party and my brother decided that we all wanted to go to dinner. And then my mom called and like, you know, people constantly have all this information being attacked, all these options constantly coming. So the firmer commitment you can get from people, the more success you're going to have from that. Yeah. Dude, I think when it comes to so many things, uh, pre-sale is where it's at. We were talking about that with vinyl. Mm, uh, yeah, we were. Uh, several episodes ago. And I mean, it's true there. It's true here. If you can get, if you can go ahead and get people to give you their money ahead of time, you're the, the margin of error for them not to show up for that product goes way, way down. Like they're much more apt to be there. Like people are more apt to say they're coming and not come. If they haven't put any skin in the game, if they've got skin in the game, they don't want to throw that 20 bucks away. Man, I already spent 20 bucks on that. Yeah, I'm going to go. Even if they suck, at least I won't waste my money. And even look at a bigger scale artist. If somebody that you go see at an arena show, you know, tickets are $100, $150. Even if somebody buys tickets and finds out that they can't go, they're selling that ticket yeah. and someone is going to be there. Yeah. You're getting your money regardless. And a body <laughs> will be in the room because nobody wants to play to an empty room. Yep. And obviously there's a, a different demand factor on an artist on that big of a scale, but the principle still remains true. Yeah. I agree. So, so you've got songs, you've been putting them out. You've been pounding the pavement of social media. You were smart. You actually looked nine months to a year out so you could secure solid dates that make sense geographically. So you're not wasting money <laughs> so that you have time to properly promote. What else is there, Vance? We've done it all. No, you haven't guys <laughs> and girls. <laughs> Whoever's yeah. listening. Now you got to practice your ass off. Yeah. Now you got to get good, noob. Because here's the thing. If you go through all this trouble, and let's say you get bodies in the door. I don't care how much I like your record. If your show is average, I'm never going to come see you again. Yeah. I can think of major artists. Artists that I love, and I will keep their records on rotation. That I have paid to see real real shows on grand scales yeah that i will never go see that artist again yep and i still dig their music yeah but their show was so underwhelming that i'm never going back yeah like yeah they almost, lost it like it, if the show is bad or just underwhelming it almost ruins the listening experience of the record post show yeah i've had that happen where like i'm digging a record and i go see the band live and they suck and i'm like and now I don't even really want to listen to the record because I know these guys are, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be that band or artist. <laughs> the same works in reverse though, because I also can think of bands that when I first listened to their record, mm -hmm. it, I didn't get it Yeah, for whatever reason, or maybe, you know, I just didn't listen that much. Had heard something, thought I was underwhelmed and then saw them in a live environment and they blew my mind. Yeah. And then to go back and be like, oh, something was wrong with me because now I totally get this music mm -hmm. and I am now a fan. Yeah. 
So never selling short the amount of practice and not even just practice of knowing the notes, you know, yeah, things but- that seem, uh, candid are not always as candid as people believe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think, I think this may end up being an episode all in and of itself is, uh, is show and stage and design and choreography. Um, that's choreography is a four letter word in the band world. I recognize that you think I say choreography and you think Britney Spears or Backstreet Boys. I get it. That's fine. But that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Choreography is important where you are during what part of what song you would be. You would be surprised to hear how many bands utilize stage position at specific times during their show. They are choreographed to a T. Now that doesn't mean that you don't leave some moments for fluidity and Mm -hmm. whateverness. Everything can't be completely rigid either because then it comes off as rigid. It's more of a strong outline. Yeah. And the greatest way to realize how bad you are at this, (laughs) have a practice. (laughs) And and I don't mean this in a mean way because Again, I say this as someone that has been in bands that did this and realized like, wow, we are way worse than we thought we were Mm -hmm. and have had to kind of power through that and face that head on. Yep. Whatever your practice space is, whether that's somebody's basement or rehearsal spot or whatever, set up in an actual live formation, like don't circle up, like pretend that one of the walls is an audience Yep. and play like you think you're going to play a show, film that rehearsal. And then yeah. watch that rehearsal back. And you will realize how little you actually move. It's going to hurt so it's bad. It's going to hurt real bad. And then you have two choices. You can either ignore it and pretend that that was a fluke, or you can embrace it and be like, okay, Monday morning, game footage. Yep. And cool, this is how the drummer can be better. This is how the basses can be better. This is how the guitars can be better. This is how the singer can be better. And everybody can just embrace it practice harder, film the next one, then you're going to find more stuff. You do that 10, 20, 50 times where that will take you by having to force, you know, and realize what's not as good as it seems in your head Yep. to where you're actually going to be ready to put on a show that can be dope that people are like, man, how have I never heard of this band? It always feels like you're doing way more than you are when you're on stage. 100%. Uh, and uh, the reason, the reason this is important is because a live show is really, what it really boils down to is moments. Mm. That is what makes a live show great. Yeah. That moment when he did this, that moment when, you know, they pulled that kid out of the crowd, that moment when uh, the drum riser twisted back and forth, that moment when he ran out on the wings and, and uh, put his guitar behind his head and played the solo, whatever it's, it's those moments. It's not like, man, the whole song of sweet child, sweet child of mine was incredible. It's like, no, it's that moment when slash stepped out on the front of the stage Mm -hmm. and the spotlight was on him and the rest of the stage was dark. It was cool. It was so cool. It's that moment that sticks out in your head. That is what a show is all about. And so that's why you want to take the opportunity to do a little choreography, film yourself, 
and figure out how to get better is to create those moments that will stick in an audience member's mind. Yeah, sure. Touring. Touring. <laughs> Touring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, do your homework. Put together a plan. Make sure you've got an audience who's going to actually come out and buy your product. Read tickets. Uh, and then when you have it all in place, everything feels good. You've planned it. You're ready to go. Then you start going to work on yourself and really get ready for it. I can tell you there's no better feeling than being the band at the beginning of the bill who people come up to you after the show and say, man, the best band was the first one on. Y'all killed it. Truth. That's who you want to be. Uh, a person that was one of my biggest mentors in my life growing up uh, was in a bunch of bands that did relatively well. Yeah. And the one that got the biggest out of those bands, they would start playing festival slots when they, when they really started kind of taking off. And he was like, yeah, it was funny because we were getting paid to be opener bands but then the headliners would find out that we were playing and they would switch the bill to where they played before us because they didn't want to play after us. <laughs> That's what you want. That's exactly what you, you want. You want the headliner no to be terrified to play after you. Yep. And the only way that happens is with consistent hard work, putting in the time. Yeah, I mean, past that, when JT comes to sit down on our couch, we'll ask him his thoughts and where he would start. Yep. If he was starting in any band. I'm sure he'll have some wise words to say. He will. He might bring a Tennessee kid along as well. Who knows, man? Who There's knows? no telling. There's several of them. There's a whole group of Tennessee kids. There, There is a slew, if you will. <laughs> a slew. <laughs> <laughs> an orchestra. Yeah. Of, an orchestra of children of TN. <laughs> Well, I think that's it for this one. Uh, that's touring, guys. Yeah, I think that's a pretty big, broad overview of touring. We're going to break down, as we say, and uh, as we have said in every one of these uh, intro episodes to our show, uh, we're going to go a lot deeper on every point that we have discussed so far. And we definitely want to hear from all of you, questions you have, things you want us to clarify, things you... You wish we had talked about things you want us to uh, discuss further that we did talk about. Um, hit us up on any social media channel at Music Stuff Show, uh, themusicstuffshow.com, info at themusicstuffshow.com, or Vance Fight, Tom Dupree, III, um, on any social media. We're out there. You can find us. Yeah. Do it. We love you guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us. If there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help, you can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. 
uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. Uh, the show is here for you, so any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Thank you.